0: hello hello beautiful people welcome back to your guide to love podcast this podcast is all about holistic health sacred sexuality and spirituality today i have dr sarah and she is a chiropractor a birth educator a master's in nutrition and she focuses on informed birth welcome thanks for having me yes definitely when i saw your page on instagram then my sister forwarded to me. I was like, oh my gosh, we've got to have you on the show because you're talking about topics that people don't know about. hmm Oh, definitely. <laughs> and that are very important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. agree. Yeah. Okay. So tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. So I'm
1: Dr. Sarah Leahy. I am a chiropractor. I have my master's in nutrition. And uh, in the last few years, I've been focusing on helping people learn all of the information Uh, With regard to the choices that they'll have to make during pregnancy and birth because a lot of people just aren't given that information in their five-minute OB appointments and The internet's really confusing. So to help people get that info to have the best experience they can Regardless of what route they decide to go um, That they're happy with their choices in the end because they made them through information and not because someone pressured them I have two kids The first was an unnecessary C-section, which gave me PTSD, uh, postpartum depression and anxiety, and sent me down the path of choosing something totally different for my next birth, which was to just DIY it. (laughs) I just did it myself. Uh, Just me and my husband at home, I planned that, and um, it was the best choice I could have possibly made for me, and it totally took away all that anxiety, depression, all of it just disappeared. And then it made me really interested in other people's experiences. So were there more people who, you know, experienced what I did? Did they wish that they had something different happen to them? Did they wish there was something they knew? And it turned out it was way worse than I thought. Mm-hmm. I had actually, I started a private Facebook group so that people could ask questions and share things that they maybe wouldn't want to other places and. I learned a lot about what the maternity care system was doing to, you know, far more than just me. And so eventually I started an Instagram account to provide that information for like a a larger audience so that I could kind of spread the word. Um, And that's what I've been doing for the last year or so, just kind of doing a lot of research, talking to people, asking questions, gathering all that information so that I can share it and then people can really make the best choices for them.
0: Oh, yeah, it's definitely because think about it. I'm so glad that you turned what happened to you into being of service for all these people because I'm sure there are so many people that are going through what you went through. Oh, lots. Way more. Well, people don't talk about a lot of that stuff. You know, they think that they're
1: supposed to just be happy that their baby is alive and healthy and that, you know, they didn't die in childbirth and that's good enough. And it's, it's really not good enough. It's really like very baseline. Yeah. Um, and, and it can be so much better, but if that's all you're conditioned to think, then you think something's wrong with you and then you don't talk about it with anybody.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause did you hire a midwife or an adult or was it literally just you and your husband? Literally just me and my husband. Oh, wow. That's it. I, well, I had OB care. The,
1: the longer version of the story is I had OB care. I hired a changed my mind, hired a home birth midwife. Um, that didn't work out with that particular one. And I couldn't find another one really. And it led me to think, you know, I have this background, you know, chiropractors and medical doctors, we go to school for, we learn all the same background stuff. We just don't treat people in the same way. And we don't, kind of work in the same way and we specialize differently but I have a lot of that background knowledge and so doing a lot of the research to make myself feel confident if x y and z happened and having a plan I felt like it was the best choice for me um, to do that and I wouldn't have wanted anyone else there but I am 35 weeks pregnant now and I do have midwives so but they've been uh, instructed to sit in the corner <laughs> and, and not to anything unless I want, like, a sandwich or something like
0: that. Woo! I love it! <laughs> yes! Well, think about how many women, like, it's so funny, too, because when you think about in the wild, that's actually how we should be, is what you just said. Well, and, and in truth, lots of women would
1: like somebody with them who can support them and Um, give them encouragement and just be there to witness or you know help afterwards or whatever but it's really hard to find that especially most people go to the hospital most 99 plus percent of people in the U.S. go to the hospital to have a baby and that's really hard to find that's not the kind of care you get it's just not what is done here Um, if you're at home it's a lot easier to find but even then sometimes it's still tricky because there's a lot of legal hoops that um, that midwives have to jump through to make sure that they don't violate the rules of their license. And so it can be really hard. And for me, just having no one there was the, you know, then there's nobody to do that.
0: Yeah. And that was probably really, you're following your intuition and it just, it was great. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how can women be more empowered in their bodies? So, well, when it comes to pregnancy
1: and birth, it really, for me, I think it comes down to having the actual information, Um, not just trusting anybody that they're going to have your best interest at heart because it's, it's your body and it's your baby. And when you leave that OB's office at the end of your appointment, they're not thinking about you. When you leave the hospital after your baby's born, they're not thinking about you, but you can still have, you know, lifelong lasting implications from any of the stuff that happened to you physically or emotionally or, um, you know, or combination. And the only person that has to live with that is you. So it's really important to know the facts and know when you're just becoming a part of the maternity care conveyor belt I like to call it that Mm -hmm. everyone gets the same tests and the same appointments and the same thing when they go into the hospital and it's not individualized care. If you know what your options are, you feel more empowered to make the best choices for you and to stand up for yourself. Because that can be really hard when someone in front of you who has a medical degree and wearing a white coat tells you that, you know, you're putting yourself or your baby in danger. And it's a lot of times not true.
0: And yeah. that that's such, you know, it's so I love that you say that though, because it's such fear consciousness around birth. We've been taught, like I even remember like I, as far as I've been alive, thinking birth is this horrific, horrible experience that women have to go through where mm-hmm. we scream and we yell, and it's so painful. And we do scream and yell, and it can be very painful. But, <laughs> <laughs> but still,
1: they made us terrible. Like, Mm-hmm. but the the way that it's portrayed both from um like a theatrical standpoint in our culture like any show you, you ever see it's always like this crazy emergency on television um or from people's stories which if you hear horror stories from people about their births they're true it's mm-hmm. not that they're not true because there are a lot of them but the majority of them were unnecessary and yeah. rather than realizing cuz it's really hard to do this Realizing that that was done to you, rather than that was inherent in in what would have happened regardless, um, people just assume that that's how birth is if they've had an experience like that, and then they share it with somebody else and see how terrible it's going to be. And then that person, you know, rather than saying, you know, this was what happened to me, you know, the doctor did this, this, and this, they weren't necessary. Look into those things for yourself so that you know whether you want those. They just, you know, spew out all the scary stuff, and then that person is terrified. And then you're more likely to comply because you are terrified and don't know anything.
0: Yes, definitely. You're right about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what about the woman? Okay, so you're pro natural birth, but you're also just pro in terms of just educating women? Yes, I think I wish more
1: people would give natural birth, which is. It's basically a a vaginal birth without any, any drugs. Mm -hmm. And I think that I've heard people say, you know, all birth is natural. And I, I disagree with that statement because I don't, I don't think it is. And it's not natural to have a baby cut out of your body. It's not wrong and sometimes it's necessary. uh, But that's the term natural means occurring in nature without human intervention. And without human intervention, you can't have surgery. so it's not all birth is natural, but that doesn't make it wrong or like I've had a birth that I don't think was natural. My four-year-old doesn't know how he was born. I'm not ready to tell him because I think he would, (laughs) I think he would be weirded out by that. Um, someday I will tell him, Mm -hmm. but I think that, um, it's important to make that for, for me to make that distinction of, you know, natural birth to me really is important, but it doesn't mean that the other ways are wrong. You, what's important to me is that you know all of the information. So say you choose an epidural, which lots of people do. You're not blindsided when your baby has heart decelerations because that can be a, a side effect of that. Or you, your blood pressure goes down. Or, you know, you it doesn't work or it only works on one side. Or you end up with this horrible headache because they actually punctured something they shouldn't have. There are a lot of things that you're just not, if you were warned about those things and then you said, you know what, in this situation right now, I still want that. That's the best choice for me. Then you're, you're aware of the choice that you're making, but they don't usually tell you all of that stuff. And that's the problem I have. It's not with people's choices. It's with the providers who aren't fully informing people, so they can't make the right choice for them. It just infuriates me.
0: No, I agree with you about that. And I also, you know, I was at the gyno, a three days ago and it fascinated me you're right this whole system because they only give you 15 minutes with your gyno mm-hmm. and so her and I were talking really fast going back and forth she told me that she meets women in their 60s never had an orgasm I'm like mm-hmm. that's crazy and so our whole society is like you're right this conveyor belt of mm-hmm. like I wonder why women don't know yeah
1: well when you're when you're pregnant it's I feel like it's even worse I mean I haven't had a regular gyno appointment in a while cuz I've been having babies for like 5 straight years. Mm-hmm. But you go in at the exact same week as everybody else. The exact same tests are prescribed at the exact same times. And if you question it, if you even say, "I you know, I don't think I want that or is there an alternative to that or why is that necessary?" they treat you like you're an idiot. Most of the time. Well, um, yes. Or they treat Or like you're negligent, which is totally not true. You're making an informed choice and trying to gather information for yourself. Um, But if you go outside of that, it it makes it harder for them because you do have five or 10 minutes with them. And if that five or 10 minutes becomes 15 or 20, or it's taken up with all these questions and they can't rush you through it, it it is harder for them and their schedule and involves more thought (laughs) a lot of time, you know? i know how how dare how dare you have to think
0: wow man well that's like how everybody you know when i was in high school everybody all the girls get on birth control it's like they're throwing it out Mm -hmm. like and then when i had my 20s it it made me realize i was anxious and depressed that was contributing to it Mm -hmm. like hello i know well nobody tells
1: you any of that stuff about you know They tell you the pros of birth control and why you should be on it, but they don't tell you a lot of the side effects and the long-term side effects. And especially when you go to have children, some people have issues that it takes them years to resolve after they get off of it. And maybe if you knew that you would make a different choice, not necessarily to not go on at all, but you know, to choose a different kind or, you know, whatever, whatever option you decided.
0: Mm, I completely agree with you. Okay. So going to, why is it so unnatural for women to give birth laying down? So your pelvis, when, so
1: when you're pregnant, your pelvis is several bones and they're connected by ligaments. And when you're not pregnant, that's kind of stationary. It, it can move a little bit like, uh, at our office, uh, at our chiropractic office, we do work on your pelvis cause there is some motion there, but it's, not nearly as much as when you're pregnant so when you're pregnant your body releases a hormone called relaxin which literally relaxes those ligaments so that when you're giving birth your pelvis can separate and it does go back but it, se- it separates so that the baby can come down the birth canal mm-hmm. um, if you're laying on your back it presses on your sacrum which is the triangle bone in the back of your pelvis And it doesn't allow for that same expansion as if you're vertical, like you're standing or squatting or even on all fours. The pressure from being on your back, it it doesn't allow the pelvis to expand as much. So a lot of people will have more trouble trying to have a baby that way. Some people, it's fine and they prefer that position. But if you're in a hospital, that has become the standard position, not because it's what's best for the patient but because it's the easiest for the providers to see what's going on and to have some sort of control um, and to sit on a stool, just be like right in it, you know, as opposed to if you're squatting or you're kneeling or you're whatever it is you're doing, they actually have to, it is more difficult. Um, But that's why that position is not the best for birth. Um, more vertical positions like standing squatting um, even on all fours is better for that and allows that that expansion you want your pelvis to be able to expand because it obviously will allow the baby to come out easier Um, and if it if it can't expand it can take longer and um, can be more uncomfortable
0: so Mm. that's why you want to be on your back all right I'm glad you went into that you know I haven't had kids yet but one day I want to do natural birth and Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that's great that you bring out that point. So what about too, for the people listening, the husband stitch, that post that you just posted. Oh my God. I think yes. that's crazy. Okay. It's so disgusting. talk about it. Yes. It so is. the, so the husband stitch. Mm-hmm.
1: So if you, when you have a baby, sometimes you can have tearing, um, it, around the vagina or like. Up in towards the anus. Mm-hmm. And depending on how much tearing you may have to have a repair, um, there's another way that you can have a cut there called an episiotomy, which is it's sort of going out of style, but I have another post about um, did you see the one about manual tearing? Yeah, that's a whole that's a whole that is a up too. So, episi- episiotomy is when a cut is made to basically widen the vagina so that when the baby is coming out it's supposedly easier um it's not practiced so much anymore because there's no evidence showing that that is actually good or helpful uh, for a lot of people it ends up giving them a lot of problems like incontinence uh continued pain pain with sex forever um and if the repair isn't good you know, then, then you continue to have issues from that. The husband stitch is, so if you have a tear or you have an episiotomy and you need to have a repair, the husband stitch is, a, is an extra stitch beyond what is necessary to repair you back to where you were, to make it tighter in that area for the pleasure of a male partner, which is disgusting. Both because it's not their body and because it can cause a lot of problems for people. Um, You're not meant, your body was meant to be a certain size, a certain way for you. And if you try to change that, a lot of people will just, they don't even know that it's being done a lot of times because you can't, if you're having a repair, you're numbed and you can't really see what's going on down there. And so you don't know that an extra stitch was put in and then you start healing and things don't feel right and a lot of times people don't discover it till their next gyno appointment or even even further down the road.
0: Wait, so they uh, do it right after the baby's delivered? Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, so you a lot of times you don't unless somebody else was watching and they knew what to look for, they might not even you know, no one might even know. And so you start for the people issues. listening, how do they would you would you communicate that to your doctor, "Hey, I don't want this." Like what would you say?
1: You could, and you can also talk to them about, say, you know, have you heard about this or just see what their reaction is. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard of a lot of women say that jokingly, which is not a joke, The as the repair is being performed, the person performing the repair will joke to the male partner and say, you want me to throw in an extra stitch? Or the husband or partner will say, oh, can you throw in an extra stitch for me? which is really gross. Um, I think asking, asking a question and seeing somebody's response to it before you end up in that birth room, if you're worried about that, is important. Um, but if you're looking to avoid all of that, in the first place, not having an episiotomy, so discussing that with your provider, and saying, I do not want an episiotomy, unless it's absolutely necessary, um, which it very rarely is, discussing what you know finding out what their episiotomy rate is um and discussing your desire to not have that done and then also avoiding certain interventions that can increase your risk of serious tears that will warrant uh, a, a, an extensive repair so like if you have an epidural um if you have pitocin if you've been induced if you've been in labor a long time if you have coached pushing rather than letting your body Uh, Do it for you and doing it when you feel your body feels like it should Um, all those things can lead to more severe tears that then have to be repaired and then You know depending on who you end up with you might end up with an extra stitch or they they may not even do it on purpose Sometimes sometimes they do it on purpose and sometimes they just do a bad repair
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, and then my question is is that if you do natural though, you wouldn't even do that, right?
1: Well, if you have a birth with no medication you still can tear and some people do tear significantly but it's much more rare mm-hmm. uh, because you're usually listening to your body and you're usually able to move around um, so you have less likelihood of having a, a serious tear grade one and grade two tears which are the they're, there's grade one grade two grade three grade four four is the worst one is the least so one and sometimes even two some people won't have repaired with stitches. They'll just let, keep them clean and let them heal on their own. Um, the other ones are the ones that really definitely need stitches to go back together because they're a, a large wound. Um, but if you can avoid some of those interventions, you're less likely to end up with those, those more severe tears in the first place.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad you bring that up. Okay, so what do, what about the woman listening that feels like there's something wrong with their body? That, like, what do you want them to know about that?
1: Um, that there's probably nothing wrong with their body. <laughs> yeah. um, a, lot of, a lot of people, they end up, by the end of their pregnancy, they feel like everything's wrong because they've been told that, you know, their, their baby is too big or their pelvis is too small or... Um, you know, they've had a C-section before and so they couldn't possibly give birth vaginally or, you know, whatever the the number of reasons there are to put doubt in someone's mind about their ability to do that. By the end of pregnancy, a lot of people just give over their autonomy and say, I'm just going to go with this guy in the white coat says because, you know, by now I have absolutely no trust in the fact that I can do this. Um, and most of the time, it's a big, huge lie. Mm. So. I mean, if if that's happening to people, which it, it is constantly, um, you know, take a step back and ask questions about how frequent these things are that they're claiming. What is the reason that they're giving you for say, saying any of these things? Like if they say, your baby's too big, you won't be able to birth that baby. How do you know? Did you do an ultrasound late in pregnancy that can be off by two pounds in either direction? <laughs> then uh, that's not necessarily accurate. Or, you know, did they say your pelvis was too small? I was just working on a PDF for people to download for free about what's called cephalopelvic disproportion, which is when people are told that their pelvis is too small. There's really no way to prove that because you can't tell how much it can expand and your baby's head can mold. Um, and movement makes a big difference. And people are kind of railroaded into making choices based on the fact that they don't trust their body because they've been told stuff like that.
0: Mm. And that's why the work you're doing is so important because I think that, you know, we are naturally in tune with our bodies. We've just taught been taught, we haven't, you Mm -hmm. know? And so that's why I think it's so important for women to, I personally don't think men should be doctors to women because they don't have our parts. I I agree. It's not, it's, it's something that
1: I can't, I haven't been able to put words to or put my finger on exactly the wording of why I really, really don't think it's okay, but I really don't think it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, uh, there, it's very strange to me that so many men would choose that profession, that, that specialty in medicine, mm-hmm. um, because I think it would be strange for a woman to choose, you know, not the same specialty because it's not the same for men, but it just seems strange. Well, why, why did you choose that? You know, and a lot of times it comes down to uh, power, which is, you know, not a good reason to, cho- to choose your job, but um, it comes down to wanting to have control. And, and I think there are, there are some good people out there. There are people who, like a lot of people that I've asked who did have male OBs who really liked their male OB and, and they had good experiences with them. But I think just in general, it just doesn't sit with me right.
0: I'm the same way, to be honest with you. I would never, I have a girlfriend that sees a male gyno. I would never see a male gyno. Mm. I, of, I haven't ever. I've never had a male doctor at all, except for when I was a, a, a pediatric patient. Oh, see, I've I've had a female doctor my whole life, so I agree with you on that. I think that's so important for the woman listening Mm -hmm. to really trust your doctor, Mm -hmm. right? And if you're if you're okay with it, and nothing
1: is off, you know, obviously that's that's your choice. For me personally, it just doesn't sit right, and I, you know, even when I was doing OB care with my second, that I ended up birthing at home unassisted, the office that I chose was. Close by, that was that was one. The uh, basically the reason that I chose it. They had three practicing doctors in that group, and two of them were male, and one was female. And so the female was assigned to me because I wanted a female doctor. But in that situation, there's a two-thirds chance I wouldn't get her, because if she's not on call when I go into labor, then I get who I get. So you have to know ahead of time who you're comfortable with, but with my first, everyone in the practice was female. It was, uh, all of the nurses, all of the doctors, they did it that way on purpose. And I really liked that about that practice.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. Okay. So what would you want the final takeaway to be for everybody listening? I guess that, uh,
1: you're not broken. And, you know, somebody, if you are having trouble getting pregnant and you're not getting the right information or you are pregnant and you're not sure what you want, don't just listen to what somebody in your appointments tells you. You really need to find out so much more information than that, which is really sad. Like the saddest thing for me in all of this is that the people that you see in those appointments are supposed to be the ones taking care of you. And you shouldn't have to go get a PhD in birth to go into your appointments and question someone who's supposed to be caring for you. You should be able to go in and they should give you the information and they should sit you down. Like I have midwifery care this time around and it's, it's so night and day from OB care. My appointments are an hour. Um, Half the time we're just getting to know each other because we're in about to be in a very intimate Mm -hmm. environment where I will be nude and pushing out a child and i know that i will see one of those people one of the midwives or multiple of them during my birth and in the bigger practices you have no idea and you have all these nurses who you you know who are really caring for you which they could be great but they're all strangers you can't possibly know who you'll get so really just to do your research and find out what it is You can expect in the environment that you choose, so hospital, birth center, or home, you know, which one's best for you, and, you know, what are the things that are going to come up that you're going to have to make choices about, and don't just take it for face value what they say in those five-minute appointments, because they really don't have the time to educate you on all that stuff, and there's a lot of stuff they don't know, because they're just used to doing things one way,
0: yeah, that is true. Okay, I'm really glad you say that. So where can everybody find you?
1: So, I can be found on Instagram at birthuprising and I also have a website which is like sort of together because it's hard to do with two small children and a giant belly. Um which is birthuprising.com and what I'm hoping to do eventually I have all these ideas but in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be having to, you know, lay still and constantly nurse a baby and not sleep. So we'll see what I get to um, of ways that I can get this information out to people with regard to different products I can offer and courses I can do so that it's all kind of there in one place. And then you can take that information and go to whatever appointments you decide to, you know, to go to hospital, home, birth center, whatever. and you can feel confident in your choices because you, you have the pros and cons of X, Y, and Z and you know what you want as opposed to only getting that five minutes of info and then, you know, just letting someone else make the choice for you.
0: Yes, definitely. And that's what I'm all about is empowerment. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this. Everybody be sure to subscribe, like share, let me know your thoughts on this episode because it was definitely an interesting one and i think it was really packed with great information for y'all and i will talk with you later bye